The phone conversation between fantasy veterans Bob Harris and Matt Waldman is a quick and dirty rundown of players, units, or teams from Sunday's games. Feel it or fuck it is our instant verdict on the fantasy value of a player or situation, not the ability, effort, or character of the player. This is just how two old-timers in this industry talk when they got a lot of cover in a little time. Greetings, Matt Waldman. It's week seven, and I feel like it just gets weirder every damn Monday. Well, maybe it does, but, you know, that's the kind of the fun part about all this, isn't it? Don't you think? I don't know. Do you, I'm a little, you that I want a little predictability. predictability. I'm old. I need these things. Yeah, well, one person that hasn't been predictable is Lamar Jackson. You feeling it? The past three games haven't been have been kind of rough. Uh, this last one was really rough, and I think that's you know, uh, no, I'm not feeling it right now. And 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 I was going into this game. I thought it was a great matchup for him, both as a passer and a runner. Uh, some surprising developments there. Uh, no, I'm not feeling. Well, like you're still playing him, like you're feeling him, and you're hoping for a for a course correction. Uh, but boy, this is not what you drafted. Yeah, all the different the the different pressures have been affecting this team. Um, but I'll say that, and I'm with you. I mean, I I'm, I'm not casting them at the side of the road, but certainly, <clears throat> you know, if I have more compelling options in terms of matchups and and you know that I'm going with those for for a little bit. Gus Edwards, though, he made his debut. Feeling that? Feeling him, but fuck John Harbaugh. Like so, all year long, this has been the the theme with the Ravens. They slow roll every player back. Right. I mean, right. we can look at uh, Ronnie Stanley, who played what, like 10 snaps or, you know, minimal role his first game back. J.K. Dobbins slow rolled back. Obviously, that didn't work out well for them. So maybe it's change of course or whatever. But all of a sudden this week, you know, you had Kenyon Drake playing reasonably well for a couple games. Uh, looked like he was gaining a little momentum. Then you bring Edwards back. Look, Edwards is a good player. He has been. Uh, and so feeling Gus, uh, not feeling Harbaugh's approach, uh, scattershot approach. Pick a lane, John. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. I like I like what they did with Gus Edwards. I feel like that that that's likely going to be yes. the biggest outcome. There is that Gus Edwards is a feeling it. Um, Kenyon Drake, I mean, certainly rosterable, someone you want right. on your roster, but yeah, those those starting days was, are, are few and far between. Was hoping to get one more game out of him if you couldn't tell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Harrison Bryant. Feeling him with Njoku out? Well, we'll see how bad Njoku is, but obviously, you know, I mean, he says he's going to be okay. I don't think okay means playing this week. So, yes, as long as uh, David Njoku's out, I will feel me some Harrison Bryant. Uh, just as, like, it's the tight end pool, right? I mean, it's a it's a shallow pond, and it doesn't take much to stand out. Yeah, that's true. And, I mean, I like what Harrison Bryant do, can do to get open. Um, I don't think you're going to see quite as many dynamic downfield routes from him. Is it they, what they do with Njoku? So uh, right. honestly, fuck it. I'm I'm probably not even I'm not even bothering. How about David Bell? Could he who? be possible? Who David who? Bell? Oh, Dang. the rookie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not feeling it. Not feeling any really receivers here beyond Amari Cooper, and probably really only feeling him at home. Um, but no, you're playing Amari Cooper. But no, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to dive too deep into this receiving core. Yeah, good player, bad situation. Yes. Uh, and that's basically it. Speaking of player, we didn't know whether was ever going to be good, and the situation hasn't been good. But last week, or this past Sunday, last week and this Sunday, Paris two Campbell. Games. Two games. Yeah, two games. Uh, I'm Paris feeling Campbell. this a little bit. Like So this goes back <clears throat> multiple seasons to the people who cover the team, you know, proclaiming him a special talent, a unique guy, and 
you know, that everyone was just amazed by what he could do on the field. And obviously the problem was he couldn't stay on the field. And a lot of it was weird stuff, car accident, uh, a weird fracture in his leg, uh, <clears throat> a variety of things. Now he's on the field and, and like it was a slow start, right? He didn't have a lot of targets over the first few games. Maybe this is a part of this is a function of the fact that Matt Ryan is surprisingly throwing the ball over 40 times a game. Maybe everybody, everybody's going to do well, but 21 targets over the last two weeks. I think that's a, that's an indication of maybe a role going forward or at least a, enough of one where you can help. He can help you navigate the bye weeks. Feeling that. I'm feeling they, they wanted him to be their version of Keenan mm-hmm. Allen. And while he isn't Keenan Allen, there are certainly a lot of elements to his game that work out well. He runs well after the catch. He's able to work under the zones. And they had a nice play set up for him for a touchdown that I think is going to be repeatable. So I'm definitely feeling Paris Campbell now. But are you feeling Matt Ryan? Well, he is no steely-eyed missile man, as Jim Irsay claimed uh, <laughs> over the weekend. Uh, he's 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 throwing the ball a lot, right? I mean, if you want volume, you're getting volume there. And with a number of quarterbacks coming up short, probably some of whom we'll talk about here this very day, um, he's in the mix. He's in the he's in the streaming mix for me. I I think he's a strong quarterback too for superflex. I'm not like pushing him into starting lineups, but again, forty plus pass attempts a game until something happens with Jonathan Taylor to alter that trajectory he's going to be a viable play listen i'm feeling matt ryan i was feeling him before i'm still feeling him now i watched that game the first interception paris campbell made the wrong side adjustment on a blitz and ryan expected to run a stop route and he ran an out and up which resulted in a pick six and the second one was a beautiful piece of coverage by david long the linebacker who basically had three responsibilities and he did a great job of baiting ryan in one direction and then cutting off the pass those were the two interceptions of the day. The rest of the time, Matt Ryan looked pretty darn good. Um, so, you know, I can understand that. I'm going to, I'm rolling with this. I think this line, they've missed two guys and it just hasn't gotten better. Right. So. That's been an issue for me is, you know, he's getting the ball out of his hand very fast. So kudos to that for him. But at some point, I feel like they want to course correct and get the running game on track and it's going to come slap us in the face as soon as we start trusting Matt Ryan. I think it may very well, but I think I think all it'll do is raise the efficiency. I think this team, it's like that guy in, in major league. I think this team is coming together, you know, and nobody really <laughs> believes it. I think there's a little bit of that going on. How about, Jim Mercer believes that. Yeah, he does. I, I'm almost there with them, but I don't know if I've been, I, if me and him have been bellying up at the same place. So. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Woods, are you feeling that at all? Nah, fuck that. I, I mean, I'm only interested in one receiver in, in Tennessee, and his name is Derrick Henry. See, there you go. I can. I'm. I'm with you on that. I want to feel it. He's hanging out to too. the very at a very thread of my roster where I have him, but it's it wouldn't take much for me to pry him loose. I think, um, in terms of finding a more compelling free agent, Tom Brady. Are you feeling that? No, fuck that, and fuck the worst team in football. Wow, that bad. No, I mean, no, like I'm I'm obviously overstating. I'm being hyperbolic here. But uh no, right now I'm not playing him. I mean, he said it himself. We're scored three points. That's not enough. He is correct. Yeah, that's true. And I uh, you know, I would say this, the only the the receivers have not been on the same page with him. Right. The pressure I saw, up I saw the, that. the pressure's up the middle. Um and so maybe there's a little less pressure than what he's had in the past. Um, in, than last year, but the source of the pressure where it's coming is right. is having a greater intensity. Is his, is his least favorite kind of pressure as well. But also, 
you know, I mean, like maybe had Mike Evans not dropped that sure touchdown, you know, to start the game, we would be having a different conversation about yeah. this whole game and Tom Brady and we'd be feeling better about things. Yeah. But for right now, I mean, I don't need to, I don't need to force him to lineups because I haven't been. Yeah. I've been, you know, other, like Matt Ryan. I, I would be playing Matt Ryan right now easily over Tom Brady. I would too. Now, and the same thing goes. He's in the Lamar Jackson camp right now. I mean, you're not going to drop him if you have him in, unless you unless it's a shallower league where you can pick up some really quality talent that you can roll with otherwise. But I, you know, you're not you're probably not starting him at this point. Kate Otten, though. Now that, a little bit again the shallow yeah. pool i mean like anyone who rises up and says look at me i'll i'll stop and look at right yeah i mean right now if you if you didn't draft a, a tight end early this year uh you know and by early i mean you know you get one of the top two like and we'll extend that down you know i think dallas goddard and zacker it's in up to this point david and joku gerald everett had been viable has been of a solid weekly play i mean tyler higby based on volume but i mean once you get outside that group of maybe eight to ten players you know we're all looking to stream and we all say that every year well if you punt on tight end you could just stream well you and 10 other guys in your league are all chasing the the tight end of the the flavor of the week and i think Otten may be a guy who can give you a consistent enough role going forward hopefully if this offense improves and again just you know i was being hyperbolic about tom brady they're not playing well now there have been times in the past where they have been playing well and they've turned it right around i mean i go back i think i've used this example two years ago Tom Brady couldn't complete a deep ball. It didn't have a completion over 20 yards for like half the year. By the end of the season, he was the best deep ball thrower in the league. So, you know, the season is an evolution. And, you know, we're sitting here while we're losing games. There, These other teams are working. We're busy complaining. Those teams are working to get better. So hopefully they will. And maybe Otten will be a viable play. He's not anyone you need to play every week. Well, I'll just put it simply. Dalton Schultz last year. Harrison Bryant and Kate Otten are at least as good as both of yep. them. Kate Otten... Kate Otten is the subject of more quick-hitting, dump-off type of routes and occasional play-action passes that work because he's the one that's going to have time to get up the seam along with Chris Godwin. So, to me, he could be one of the three most compelling options on the team based on the basically the horror show that's going on with their offensive line right now. Donta Foreman, are you feeling Donta Foreman? I always feel Don Foreman. I mean, you know, great story from last season, came off the practice squad, became a pretty dominant runner, uh, given the opportunity. I think this year he can be the same. I think they'll split it up. And, you know, I just uh, – two things. I would like this team to be successful because, you know, I think Steve Wilkes, for the second time in his life, gets dealt a really crappy hand uh, and, you know, make a miracle happen. Well, I hope he makes a miracle happen just to, you know, shove it in everyone's face. But also – I don't think he's in a good position to do that, but I do think that some players, mainly guys like Foreman and Chuba Hubbard, are going to have a chance to to at least be serviceable fantasy plays for you and I. I'm feeling Deontay Foreman. I think the I I like Deontay Foreman out of Texas. I was really feeling that after the the Achilles injury. I was kind of saying fuck that. After watching him this weekend, I got to say this: the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had basically a bunch of injury you know injury substitutes in their secondary and Dante Foreman was treating them like a, they were <clears throat> a bunch of reserves in terms of baiting them like left he and right he should but on top of that their their two best linebackers White and David were awful in the run game awful in the run game so 
I'm gonna say I'm feeling it, but I'm I'm going I'm, just, I'm gonna be playing him next week. I'm gonna put him on this list next week because I have a feeling that that the Buccaneers make him a much more of a feeling yeah, type of player than he really is. Right. I, I I totally agree with that. And you know, I was only half hyperbolic about the worst team in football right now. They're not playing well, the Buccaneers, yeah. and and that helped. And that's the way you know, like a guy like Terrace Marshall. I mean, you know, look, I think PJ Walker just had the game of his career, and and probably not another one coming. So. I'm not really, you know, and like I'll send this to DJ Moore and, I, and you know, as much as I'd like for Steve Oaks to be successful, I don't think he will be. And I, I don't think this passing attack is going to be good. I don't think they have a good quarterback. We'll see what PJ Walker can be serviceable again for a second straight week. This may have, like you said, been more due to the opponent than anything. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's what I think Foreman possibly gets one more week because Chuba Hubbard's got the ankle issue. Um, and then after that, it's all bets are probably off. Terrace Marshall looked decent um, on a couple of plays, but yeah, fuck that for right I now. I can remember on draft night uh, two years ago, somebody drafting that the Panthers just got the steal of the draft. I did, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought so. You know, well, fuck that guy. You got to use him. He was. You know, I would love to see how that goes. but uh, Circumstances dictate. Circumstances dictate. So speaking of circumstances, Tom Brady, witchcraft, witchcraft. What do you think? Feeling this or fuck it? <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, no, fuck this. Uh, all this nonsense. Uh, Tom Brady, play better, please. I I don't know. According to some of my Twitter feed, you know, I'm I'm hearing explanations as to you know what Tom Brady admitted and and what you know and what Giselle does and and TikTok and I'll just say I, I'll just I'm say endless, I'm, I'll just say I'm endlessly amazed at what people will believe when you throw it onto the Twitter I don't know what it is what maybe maybe that's the witchcraft we should all look into uh because when somebody says something on Twitter there's about a half a million people who will instantly believe it for no other reason than it was on Twitter Listen, congratulations the, to them yeah the only thing supernatural I'm believing about um social media is Infernum Asylum on TikTok, you can follow him. He he likes to dress up as a demon, and he has a good sense of humor about himself. Um, that would be about that would be about a demon TikTok over witch TikTok. Fuck witch TikTok. I'm when? feeling de demon TikTok. When um, at least in this case, Isaiah Pacheco uh, feeling the starting component in uh, the backfield of an explosive offense. Yes, I mean, and you can tell the enthusiasm in my voice here, right? I mean, oh, it just it's just it's like. So when the news broke that he's moving to the starting lineup, I'm, trust me, I'm on the radio pregame and you see the social media and you see everyone going insane. And, you know, that's we are fantasy community is a is a pool full of fish. And you throw that lure in the water. We are all heading that way immediately. Right. And I get it. Uh, but don't over don't overplay this one. I think he looks like a decent enough player. He's going to get some opportunities. He's in a really good offense. That's where he's at. Fuck that narrative. Fuck that narrative. And the reason is this, is that we're, and we are, you're right. We're so prone to that. But if we thought about the way Andy Reid uses platoon systems, unless he has LaShawn McCoy or Jamal Charles, players of that caliber, or Kareem Hunt, when one of his players who earned the platoon lead gets hurt, that was the only reason Kareem Hunt really was as good as he was at, as a rookie, he was a quality player. He's he's a borderline elite player. But Spencer Ware, who had worked his way through that platoon system, which took him all year 
for him to actually get incrementally more carries to become the guy he was late in the season. Once he got hurt, that was when they brought in, um, they brought, you know, that that was when he worked out when he got hurt. That was when basically Hunt got most of the opportunities. Yep. And they had to disguise things because they didn't have another pass protector. But otherwise, Andy Reid is very incremental about giving more and more touches. And just because they say, well, Isaiah Pacheco is going to be the starter. He's going to earn the starting position. What that meant was instead of, you know, they split the carries almost down the middle between three players. It just means that he had a slightly, he got slightly more than everybody else. And you could see it play out in this game. In a, in a fantasy world where I had to play plenty of uh, Jarek McKinnon yesterday, um, Isaiah Pacheco, I mean, the, he, the, I mean, but that's what he is, right? I mean, that's what you should, that's what you should be feeling him as, as one piece of a multi-piece backfield right. in a very explosive. It's going to take at best. It's going to take about another three to five weeks of Pacheco slowly earning more. And until he earns passing game reps as both a blocker and receiver on a more regular basis than what you see from him. It ain't going to matter. Well, look, he's not the heartbeat of that offense. Michael no. Carter's the heartbeat of the Jets offense, and now he has a role. Feeling it? Yeah, I'm feeling it. I mean, because I think he's he's pretty much the only stable part of the heartbeat in that. I think, you know, that pericarditis might not be a good thing for this, uh, <laughs> for this Jets offense. And speaking of which, Zach Wilson, fuck that. I, you know, fuck it before, fuck it now. I just, the guy cannot... The guy does not have um, pinpoint accuracy, even with targets where he has time to throw the ball. He doesn't make mature decisions. It's beginning to smell a lot like Baker Mayfield. That's what I'm saying. I feel it for exactly that. I I know what he is. He has identified himself, and I have accepted that identity. Thank you, Zach Wilson. (laughs) Hey, clarity's good. That's that's for sure. That's for sure. Darius Slayton, let's come back to him. We've been, you know I feel Darius Slayton. I love Darius Slayton, but uh, again, the role is a little bit, uh, a little bit suspect, and and it seems like there might be another player showing up, uh, there, who's who, there, who who might usurp uh, the uh, the the opportunities that I that I will hope Slayton might get. Well, well, unless that player is Kadarius Tony or Kenny Galladay, I think there's enough room for Darius Slayton and Wandale Robinson. Probably I so. think because they 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 almost split targets and Slayton True. did score. It was a shaky looking score, kind of a Terrace Marshall looking kind of kind of catch there for him to be able to come down with it. But it was a nice one nonetheless. Wandale, you got to be feeling that the way they yep. want to use him, it works. It's he's a substitute for the running game. I feel like we've asked the wrong question. Are you feeling Danny Dimes? No. <laughs> <laughs> Hater. But I'll say this: I'm fe- if I have him backing up Tom Brady, I'm feeling him more than Tom Brady right now. So exactly I will, correct. I will, I will be okay with that for now. But no, I'm not. I'm not banking the rest of my season on on him just yet. He'll Tr- snap at you like he snapped at Marcus Johnson. Well, you know, he's cranky. He went to the school that shall not be named in my household. That's <laughs> you know, <laughs> but uh. But I'm sure if I say it right now, I'll hear somebody yelling, did you just say that? <laughs> but uh, but Travis Etienne, are you feeling him as a running back one down the stretch after what he did last this past Sunday? Yeah, but plus what he's done the previous two Sundays as well. I'm feeling this. And like, James, where are you, man? Yeah, James, I mean, are you? Well, maybe the better question is, are you feeling whether or not 
James Robinson was actually just hurt because that's what the coaches are saying is that they have to evaluate that it wasn't the fumble inside the five. They trust him. They'd like us to think. You know, well, I mean, is there is there something to that or is that all bullshit? Uh, it's probably all bullshit, but uh, but I'd like to tell myself that story because I had to play James Robinson in a couple leagues, and I'd like at least a reason to believe he failed for in something other than a fumble. But back to ETN, yes, feeling him. The rise has been real and visible if you've watched any of their games and watched his play. He's been the first guy on the field. I think a lot of times in these split backfields, same thing with Pacheco. I mean, you know, if you're if you're investing in the one piece, you know, and we'll see this probably going forward in New England and Chicago and and multiple places, the first guy maybe is the guy you want to have because he has the first chance to get a hot hand. Doesn't mean he gets it, but if he does, he stays in the game. But ETN is definitely the hot hand right now, and I think he's a player on the rise. Yeah, Jacksonville needs ETN to succeed more than the than the Chiefs need Pacheco to succeed in terms on an every-game basis. And they, they do a lot of things well with their gap-style running and how they implement him in the receiving game. So... He's and he's also allowed to make mistakes, and so and he has and he has and he will continue to because he is a mistake prone running back. But he's also a huge big play threat who can can basically win your fantasy league on the difference of one or two plays a game in terms of what he can do. Arthur Smith's tenure in Atlanta, though, are you feeling that? Are you feeling it for? Uh, you know, are you for the rest of the year? Let's say that. Are you feeling it for the rest of the year? Uh, offensive geniuses even need to get wins, and uh, he needs more of those. He's had some look. I mean, well, what does it tell you, though, when one of the more innovative offensive thinkers in the league thinks the best plan of attack is to just run the damn ball? It tells you he thinks he doesn't have a lot of great weapons or he can't figure some things out. I think he probably showed he can figure things out over the course of time. So. Uh, so maybe there, there. He he understands the strengths of this team, and uh, and he's going to live or die with them, and 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 it may well be die. I have questions about this team, and I have questions about this coach because yes, they can run the ball reasonably well. The, yes, we know what Kyle Pitts is capable of. We know what Drake London is capable of. I think we. I think he knows more than anything that he knows what his quarterbacks are capable of, and that's the biggest deal. Yep. And because I'll be honest with you, I said this, and it got it got Dwayne Dwayne McFarland to come as close as possible of saying "fuck it" on Twitter, which was I wouldn't start Olamide Zacchaeus in a fire. Well, I'll say this: I like Olamide Zacchaeus. I know what he's capable of. They. I don't think that team does know what he's capable of because he slowly had to convince them over about three years. And he's and he's not a fantasy threat, but he's actually getting more love than the two guys that the fantasy analysts all over Twitter are like obsessing over on a weekly basis lately. So, you know, right, to I me, mean, I'm, fuck that. Arthur Smith gets a little leeway for being the first coach in the you know, over the course of how many years to figure out what Cordell Patterson does well and implement that into a game plan to great effect. And I mean, some of those other yeah. coaches included guys like Bill Belichick who are widely considered great coaches so i don't know i mean i'm not going to be totally dismissive of what arthur smith is is doing with this offense because i think there are probably reasons for it i agree and and i think those two reasons are the two quarterbacks that they have and he'll still get fired and so and that's (laughs) and it's a shame yes because fuck whoever drafted those two quarterbacks um or uh, acquired one and then basically drafted the other because i don't believe in either of those two guys Taysom hill 
Taysom Hill. Uh, feeling him for exactly what he is. Again, yeah. have we mentioned the shallow pond at tight end? And, and like, so if you're looking at you're outside the room full of really good, consistent producers at the position, uh, staring in through the window with a sad face, and you have a Taysom Hill in your pocket, I'm going to be okay playing him because the high variance, I mean, he gets the high leverage looks on occasion, but that's all he is, right? Don't, yeah. don't pretend he's something more. He's not a magical elixir or a super power totem. He is a, he is a low snap count guy who gets high leverage spots. He's the best gadget in the league. Yes. And, and, and usually the best gadgets go in the kitchen as opposed to being like, as opposed to being like that thing that you use for your audio or your video system that gets lost in the couch cushions. This is something that's simple, it's effective, it's got a place, and it does the job you ask it to do. It does like three jobs, basically, on a certain level in a very compartmentalized way, and I'm all for it. Eno Benjamin, though, are you feeling him? A little bit. I mean, I'm feeling he looked like he ran super hard, and I was pretty impressed with what I saw. And uh, I have yet to be impressed with James Conner, who I invested in heavily. So maybe my uh, this is a spiteful feeling it uh, more against James Conner than for Eno Benjamin. I'm feeling it at the end of your rosters as somebody that you can start on a bye week, especially because he, he you know, he's going to he's going to get a solid amount of touches for you and do at least reasonably well with them. Keontae Ingram, I'm totally feeling Keontae Ingram as the future. Whether or not he can usurp Daryl Williams is the big question. I think he can, but I'm not sure I'm feeling Cliff Kingsbury to really recognize that Keontae Ingram can right. be that guy. We'll at some point, some point, the Cardinals need to have a series. I think they've already had it, and they just... You know, the contractual issues are, are enough, but Cliff Kingsbury is not the offensive mind that they thought he was. They need to have a rider. They should have had a rider about this dude's house that could have helped him sell that, <laughs> that house, you know, to get out from under him um, so that he'd recoup something. But, you know, you know these coaches, man, I'm telling you, they could probably buy all the real estate in the United States, um, you know, what they're getting paid monthly even after they get fired. I, I know yeah, Matt I rules in that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins. Let's end on a good note. I, I'm feeling it. I mean, yeah. like he looks like he picked up right where he left off. And, and it actually looks like he picked up where he left off the last time he was playing well because he wasn't playing the well the end of last year. So I liked him. Looks rejuvenated. Looks fresh. Uh, I think he'll be. And obviously the connection with uh, Kyler Murray remains strong. Feeling it. I'm always feeling old man game. DeAndre <laughs> Hopkins has old man game. Bob Harris has old man game. Hey, I am right. I think I've got old man game. I'm getting it's there. True. We'll see. But, uh, you know, depends on the week. I'm kind of buggering on and off on that one. So, anyway. <laughs> Let's hope for better next week. From Tom Brady, another old guy who needs to pick up the pace a little bit. Tom. That's all right. Yeah, busy, and fuck that witchcraft bullshit. Get all right. If the chair's rocking, don't come knocking. Have a Love good you. Week. Goodbye. Bye.